Brilliant. Hello, and uh, welcome if you're new as well, because uh, I think there are a few fairly newish people here. So, oops, that's not my password. There it is. Um, <laughs> so it's lovely to see you all. And um, we're, yeah, but I won't make a comment about the empty, empty rows at the front. It always makes me laugh, but there we go. Um, you, you won't get my spit, so that's all good. <laughs> I've got a little question uh, for you to think about during my talk and uh, maybe even to share with someone near you um, in just a moment. And hopefully this will kind of get you thinking during the talk and, and keep you alert and awake. So the question is, what sets Christians or yourselves, if you call yourself a Christian, what sets you apart from the world? How does the world know that you are a follower of Jesus? Have a little, got, got a little thought? How does the world know that you are a follower of Jesus? You may not have anything and you may say, do you know what, I want to find out. Um, and that's totally fine. But if, if you've got a little thing, um, why don't you just turn to your neighbor and say, hi, uh, this is what I'm thinking. It's totally fine. There are no wrong answers. Go for it. All right, I forgot to count, but that's probably about right. Um, you might want to continue the conversations uh, at coffee at the back. I hear there's some tasty hot chocolates afterwards, so worth that. And maybe your thoughts might have changed by the end of the talk. Who knows? Maybe you want to tell me that actually that's not quite right in, in my eyes. Love to hear it. Um, we'll talk later. In the book of Galatians, we've been going through this series. Highly recommend you to try and listen or read through it all in one go because there are some big themes that come up. Uh, one of them is about the difference between living by the law of the Old Testament and living in the promise made by God. The difference of living by law and living by a promise. And this begins to come out more in this chapter, hence me recapping. Uh, so if we look a little bit at the end of chapter 3, if you do have it on, in your Bibles or on your phones, do have a little uh, look and then you can bookmark it to, to read through later. Uh, Paul, uh, writer of the New Testament, is, is going back to stories of the Old Testament because he's saying it's all relevant, it's all relevant. And there's this guy who's pretty significant uh, in the whole story of uh, Christianity, of the whole story of God, and that's Abraham. Do you guys know any little things about Abraham, any little stories? Is it ringing a bell, the name? Abraham, he is, uh, he's like one of the big forefathers um, of, uh, of the Old Testament. And he was given a promise by God, which you can read about in Genesis, the first book of the Bible, chapter 12. It says this, God tells him, I will make you a great nation. Abraham, I'm going to bless you. And all the people on the earth will be blessed through you to your offspring I will give you this land. Now, that's a kind of inherited uh, promise of giving land or being blessed by, by God. It's this sense of uh, a, a, a close, intimate promise of inheritance. Wow. That means that, God, uh, that Abraham can not only call God Lord of all, but also father in in the most kind of uh, safe and secure way 
both Lord and Father. So he's got this promise that he's holding on to, which is really cool. And then uh, he's got to wait because it's not yet happened. It's not yet come to fulfillment. So uh, him and his family are kind of like, okay, that, that's great. But we've got to wait for this, uh, this kind of offspring, this descendant of ours to, to come. And so we better be ready for when he comes. But uh, we better be kind of right with God but it's a bit tricky because they're, they're just human. They're, we, we mess up from time to time. And so God brings a law. He, he brings uh, things for them to abide by, to keep them in step and in check and on the right path to be right with God. That's the law. It kind of acts as like a, a guardian. You know, when you're um, underage or uh, maybe can't make decisions for yourself, whatever reason, uh, you're given a guardian, someone to watch over you. It might be a parent, it might be uh, an uncle and aunt, or it might just be someone who really is respectable and loves you greatly. But they're there to keep you in check, to make sure that you make those good decisions and, and to kind of say, well, these are probably not good decisions, but yeah, we'll go with these ones because that's a good way to live. That's what... Abraham and his family were given while they were waiting for this promise to be fulfilled. Has anyone um, done a Duke of Edinburgh award or, or partway done or heard of it? Um, we've got some, thank you, Sam, faithfully at every service telling me, yes, you have. Some people have, have done it. Are you familiar with it? It's, um, it's the Queen's Jubilee, so, you know, we should be familiar with these sorts of uh, honourable things that they've done. Um, the D of E Award, I, as a, as a kid, thought, yeah, that's a cool thing to do. I'll have an extra kind of badge on my, to my name. That'd be great. Didn't complete it. That's, that's by the by. But <laughs> I, I did the walking bit, which was really fun. Um, so, so I did the walking bit. And we had to go to these little after-school uh, classes to, to prepare to be ready uh, for this big uh, expedition in the middle of nowhere, which was just in the local forest, which everybody knew where it was. But that was fine. Um, <laughs> we were in the middle of nowhere. Um, and we had to learn how to read maps and we had to know what things we needed to pack in our rucksacks so we were prepared for the journey ahead. What kind of things, if you're going on a hike, do you need in your rucksack? Do you want to chat them out to me? Water, essential. Everyone needs water. Come on. Raincoat, yeah. Fuel, food, hiking boots, that's going to be useful. What about when you hike, your socks get... Sleeping bag, thank you, that is very useful. A map, what are we going to sleep under? A tent, yeah, great. Hammer. I mean, there are loads of things. And what if you go way off the path and maybe you need to get a sneaky bus ride uh, to, to go back onto the path and you don't tell your teacher that you did that? I didn't do that, honest. No, I didn't actually do that. <laughs> but you might want a little bit of extra change as well because we do way off the path, sway off the path from time to time. You need quite a lot in your rucksack to be ready, even just for one night out and about, or, or just to be prepared for whatever might come your way. And so I had this rucksack, and uh, I tried it on, and oh my goodness, like nearly fell over because it was so heavy and laid down. I mean, we had to have pots and pans and everything. It was crazy. Um, but it was, it was heavy. It was, it was weighing me down. 
And this is, in some ways, a bit like that guardian, though, is not necessarily to weigh us down, but the intention is for it to be all that we need along the journey until we reach that destination, the thing that we find on the map when we know how to read the map, Um, the thing that we say, that is the promise of where I'm going. That's the secure uh, destination that I want to be but I need this stuff to help me along with the journey. And so uh, if you've done a, a hike before, I don't know what you feel like when you're at the end of it, when you know that the destination is so close. But I was tired, my shoulders were aching, my hips from the strap thing, and my feet, nobody wanted to smell. Um, <laughs> I was hungry, all my rations had been used up. And we saw the minibus ahead of us, the one that is going to take those rucksacks and put us in the minibus, the the thing that is going to take us to our homes where we belong. I was so relieved when I saw that minibus. Finally, I don't have to hang out with these people that are driving me crazy. (laughs) Well, a little bit. Um, But I was able to go home to a place where I knew that there was going to be food, that I knew that I belonged, that the the people there knew me, that, that I could have a hot bath, I could have a comfy bed. That's a, a sense of what home is. I don't know, you might have had a different experience of home, um, which may not be quite as, as cushy, if you like. But there's that sense, the word home has a sense of belonging, of you know you can always go back there and it's safe and it's secure. That's that destination on the map. And that is like, the destination is like the promise. God has said, I'm going to give you this thing in the future and I'm going to set it out so you know that it's coming. It's, it's a sure and certain promise and there's a journey to get there. So you've got this kind of guardianship journey and then this home, this belonging, this adoption, if you like, which it talks about at that beginning of chapter four. The difference between guardianship and adoption, it says guardianship is temporary, but adoption is permanent. Adoption is permanent. You belong. You belong. You see, under the guardianship of the law, the Israelites, uh, the people of Abraham and all of his descendants, they were never quite able to fully fulfill, to fully reach that destination of the promise because they, they kept trying, they kept using those emergency rations from their bag. It was weighing down. Yes, they would get back on track. They would do the, the rituals or the festivals. Um, but, but they would need to keep digging in to the rucksack, keep digging in to those <laughs> rations to get top-ups, to get right with God. And now Paul is saying that that guardianship was for a purpose, for a time. But now the waiting has ended. We're in a time where that waiting of the promise has ended. How is it? Well, it's the school uh, 
textbook answer. It's Jesus. But what's the technicalities of it? Jesus was the descendant of Abraham, one of the big forefathers. Jesus came down in that line. He was the one that they were waiting for, that they had been told about. But also he was the son of God. So he was fully man and he was from that line so that he could go through the path that the Israelites had to go through, go through that journey to be that completely pure, faithful Israelite that God was really trying to call out. But he was also God. He could do it perfectly. It's like... um, whatever your reference is of someone who knows the wild very well. Uh, Bear Grylls is my reference. (laughs) It's like, um, Bear Grylls doesn't need a rucksack. He doesn't need uh, something to weigh on his shoulders because he knows in his head and his heart what the lay of the land is, or at least the program set up that way um, <laughs> to make you think that that's the, choice, the case. Um, but he, he, if you like, if you go with me on the analogy, Bear Girls knows it uh, full well. He knows how to navigate the world around him to be uh, making use of the resource so he doesn't have to carry that weight on his shoulders. The knowledge is within. So the now, now that we're living in a time after Jesus, we are those people like in Galatia, like the Galatians, who we're not from that line of uh, the descendants of Abraham. We're not Israelites, but we're given a permanent promise, a permanent sense of home, we are given an adoption which is permanent. It's an adoption and it's an inheritance into God's family. Through Jesus, he's made the way so that we all can call ourselves sons and daughters of God, the creator of the universe. They needed that guardian for a time while they were waiting for Jesus. But we live in a time where we know Jesus and we can have access to him because he's gone before us. He's made the way. He's he's done the Bear Grylls programs to say, look, this is how you do it. You believe it in your head and your heart. You know it but full well. You say, yes, okay, Lord. Yes, Jesus, I believe in you. Jesus is enough. Guys, Jesus is enough. So if you do call yourselves uh, Christians today or followers of Jesus or whatever that looks like, what was it for you? What sets you apart? What defines you uh, outside, apart from um, the world? What difference does it make? permanent adoption in that family of God. It might be that we have a very strong sense of morals, what's right and wrong. It might be that we come here on a Sunday or that that we're connected to churches and uh, we worship and we sing some lovely songs uh, with a lovely band who sing wonderfully. It might be that people see you and you then say, yeah, Christians are quite nice people. They're all right. 
Hopefully they say that. <laughs> they might say something else. But uh, <laughs> maybe that's what it is. What sets us apart? That may not be wrong. These things may be true. But I think there's something more than that, than just that kind of external niceties of knowing what's good and not. Yes, those things are good, but I think Paul is asking the question here. Are we carriers of the law? Are we rucksack carriers? Are we still living under that guardianship, like underage children, as it says? Or are we carried by our identity in Christ? Are we rucksack carriers needing the law or needing the kind of religious things to do? Or are we carried by our identity in Christ? Do we know where we come from and who we belong to? Uh, The Galatians uh, in in this uh, bit of the Bible, uh, as Paul is writing, Paul has gone forth and uh, told them about Jesus, revealed Jesus to them, and they've said, yes, great, I want to receive that, I want to receive Jesus. And then Paul has uh, gone away. And these other Christians who were also uh, Jews, they're these kind of zealots, really on fire for the Jewish Christian way. They're coming in and saying, yes, Jesus, I'm going to preach that too. And I'm going to preach something else as well. I'm going to add on to that. Yes, Jesus, and you got to do all of these things. Yes, Jesus, and guys, you got to get circumcised. Yes, Jesus, and well, if you sway, sway away, you got to do all these X, Y, Z things. That's not Jesus is enough. Jesus is enough, Paul is trying to say. Jesus is enough in your head and your heart is all you need. And then we've got uh, this story that is also referring to Abraham's story. It's always great to know uh, some of those really Old, old Testament stories because it really sets up what the New Testament is about. Abraham had two sons, one of a slave woman and one of a free woman. Now, the language of this, understandably, is quite jarring. Um, so before we go into... That, that kind of language, Paul is trying to address something uh, a bit more theoretical here. He's using that story of Hagar and Sarah um, as an illustration to say that there are two different ways to live. There are two different ways to live. It's uh, living in, uh, under the law is like living in slavery, bound to something that's restricting you to do and be. Or there's living under the freedom of where you come from, your identity in who you are, that family line, that secure inheritance. If you've got a family or people that you consider to be family, you can't deny that they are part of you, right? They will always be part of you. 
And what Paul is trying to say is, is look, that's, that can be a good thing. This family line that you are part of is good and pure and perfect. We might have broken families in our world today. But this family line is as good as it gets, a secure and perfect hope. Who do you consider to be your family? Do you have a, uh, a kind of likeness about them? Do you have sayings that you know that that's, yeah, that, that shows that I belong to them? Um, maybe some of your friends will say, you definitely are part of that family because you're so similar. <laughs> You've got all the same little habits. I don't know, what is it? Do you, do you have a family likeness? It might not even be a, a blood family. It might be someone that you spend a lot of time with that you begin to kind of adopt the same sort of thoughts or habits about it. Um, when I was getting to know John, I uh, was, was thinking, yeah, there's some, there's some sort of fun bits of your characteristic, um, and there are some other bits that I just don't quite understand, and it's a bit jarring. Um, and I got to meet his family, which was terrifying, but fun at the same time. Um, and he's got two brothers, and when I got to meet them, there was just a light bulb moment. I was sat in the room thinking, oh, that's why you are like that. <laughs> That's why you take the mick out of everyone, because you all do it, and that's kind of a fun thing to do. Right, okay, I need to get on board with that, great. <laughs> There's a kind of family likeness when you've grown up uh, or spent a lot of time with people, people around you. I've got a little um, kid as well who obviously spends a lot of time with us and it's kind of terrifying that she picks up on a lot of little habits and a lot of little sayings that, that we do and, and perhaps hopefully one day she'll pick up on uh, the good mindsets and thought processes that uh, we try and show to her. But the other day uh, she had all her toys and her teddies uh, around her and she put her hands together and went, right, and then kind of walked off. And I was thinking, where has that come from? <laughs> I was telling a friend of mine who knows me quite well, who said, you do that all the time. <laughs> I had no idea, but it was quite enlightening to, to hear that. She's obviously spent a lot of time around me to pick up on those habits. I'm pretty sure um, her first word was shoes. And uh, there is a certain person who used to live with us for a year while uh, Ray was kind of picking up on words and things. And that certain person had quite a few shoes around the house. So, uh, so that kind of it, it, it immersed in her language. <laughs> she gets very excited every time she, she's, she sees shoes. So... <laughs> It might not be shoes for us. It, it might not be a, a saying. But guys, if we spend time with our father who has adopted us permanently and securely, just maybe there'll be something of his way of thinking, of his love for the world, of his language of love that might just come out of who we are, might just come out in our own sayings, our own habits. But only if we accept that adoption, only if we come and say, yes, Jesus, do you know what? I want to hang out with you. 
Now, it doesn't need to look big or scary or profound or theological so much as it's just about hanging out with the one who's made a way for you to have a secure hope, a secure future, a secure sense of you belong. You are home when you're with God. You're home when you're with God. It might be... um, I definitely notice a difference in my day when I've got up and prayed and said, God, you need to be Lord of today. You need to be at the center. Or in my little journeys, which are quite brief when you live locally, of just saying, God, keep me focused. Would you remind me of who you are today? Or it might be listening to a podcast or listening to uh, the word or getting to grips with it and reading it. It's about spending time with him, trying to learn that kind of habit, that, uh, that uh, wonderful sense of who God is and his love for the world. And you know that uh, I'm coming into land soon, that, that sense of uh, where we're going and what that home is, the promise now that was saying, your inheritance is this land God was saying to Abraham, that now too is for us. But what it looks like is God is restoring and renewing the whole of the earth, the heavens and the earth, and he wants them to be yours, to be part of this new, wonderful creation, a home that is perfect, that is secure, that is good, that is loving. That is the place that we know now when we know where we belong, but we also know we're going to. So we stand in it and we journey with it. We don't need the heavy rucksack because Jesus is enough. Jesus is enough. Let me pray.